Day 7 of Reboot already underway. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey. Joined again today, as always, but this time, not through Skype, David Becker. I'm here, in person. And guess what? We actually have, long from the state where they make pencils, Aaron Hahn. Hello, yes, I am here. In the person, state where they in make the pencils. You just disclosed the state that he lives in. We've talked, We've about, talked about, about it before. It's, it's Delaware. <laughs> Delaware <laughs> um, no, is a mistake. But we are <laughs> we are here. Um, I'm your host Jacob Lacey. You said that, and of course, this is really weird because we started this podcast about like a, a little over a year ago now, and not once have David and I been in the same room, or Aaron and I been in the same room. Now, I'm touching Aaron's beard. Right That's now. true. He is, and so that means like we're in the same room. Now, maybe he sent me some beard hair through the mail, but he I didn't. would not do that. <laughs> well, good thing I won't ask you now, because... <laughs> uh, guys, if you can't tell, maybe something's a little off this week. But, you know, we're all together. Cracking open a cold one with the boys, so... Are you, are you going to announce what's different? Are you just gonna I said we're cracking open a cold one with the boys. Okay, so we're just going to assume they know what that means. We've been drinking. All of our listeners are. All, all, all of our listeners now. are updated with the I, latest memes. Latest We're all twenty-one now. Wait, you we can all drink. You just so. can't create a new meme. You That's can't. true. You can't. Yeah, the guy from Cedar Point taught me that. But guys, of course, let's get into our first topic of the week. The main topic, David. Would you like to uh, lead us into it? This is your topic, your idea. Dude, what? What? What do you think about this topic? Well, so the main topic of this week is. Our favorite documentaries, and I was inspired by this. Uh, with this, because I rarely throw in a new idea. Well, I okay, I did that. that. <laughs> I throw in many a, a new idea, but Jacob never. Hey, wait, Jacob oh, vetoes them. Uh, J- Jacob vetoes because they're not related to movies or television. But some of the episodes are the highest rated episodes that I've that I've uh, suggested. So we're just gonna move on from that. So, I'm going to lead off and say my favorite documentary. This was did, did we announce the topic? Yeah, he did. His favorite topic. Oh, okay. His favorite documentaries. <laughs> okay, now, what is your favorite documentary? My favorite it? documentary is, I watched it last week, the Super Smash Bros. documentary. We talked about this. We week. talked about this last week. And let me tell you why I think this is a good documentary. One, it's free. Like, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's a good. That, that, that's <laughs> usually a good way to start watching so, documentaries. I like documentaries are interesting to me, but I never like just sit down like, oh, like I, I want to know like where this like came from, and like I, you know, I just it's not really my cup of tea per se. Mm-hmm. But I sat down and I watched. I was a addic- I was addicted. I watched all nine episodes within like two days mm-hmm. because I had to work otherwise. I would watch them all in one day, but hey. Of course. <laughs> but <get> that binge. <laughs> something that made this documentary so special is that it wasn't like cut and dry information, which I feel like a lot of documentaries are nowadays. But like watching this documentary, I could like feel like the emotion that everyone was like putting into this and how much they cared about the specific topic that they were talking about, and it made me emotionally compelled to what they were talking like it made me care about what they were talking about and i feel like that's what a documentary should be and you've you've recently gotten back into melee because of it right yeah a little bit 
I agree, but it's phenomenally done. And it's free, and it's not like a, it's not done by a big production company. It's done by the people who play the game, which is mm-hmm. the weirdest, coolest thing ever. Because like they know, all, like none of the facts are alternative facts per se. <laughs> Hashtag alternative facts. Yeah. So yeah, so that's just my little, little snippet. Well, I mean, I really like what you said because it kind of it's the same kind of feeling that I get with my favorite documentary. If I can bring that in now. In, man. So Tell my favorite documentary, this is one I've mentioned Wait, wait, before. is it documentary or documentary? We gotta discuss this right now, man. Okay. <laughs> I have gotten a lot of criticism for the way I pronounce this, but I'm just gonna forge ahead. Okay. So Call it whatever I want. Is it Jif mm-hmm. or Jif? What? Is it Jif, Jif or Gif? You keep saying Jif. I know. It's Jif twice. I know. It's, it's, because it's, of Jif. That's all it is. It is Jif. Oh, God dang it. Okay, <laughs> Wow, really good. So, documentary. Mm-hmm. Documentary. That's what I'm going to call it. To deal with it. Okay. No. <laughs> Fear documentary. I like uh, Never Sleep Again, the comprehensive four-hour documentary right. of the making of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And so, this is, a, this is the only documentary I've re-watched. And it's also four hours long, and I rewatched it. So is, it, is it one four-hour sitting, or is it broken up? Well, I mean, like the thing is, like it's broken up into different segments because they cover like the first film, the second film, the third film. There's they cover like the first eight films plus the TV show. So like you couldn't, you don't need to watch it all in one sitting. There was a Nightmare on Elm Street TV show. There was. It's not available to watch anywhere though. Like it's not available on DVD. So I haven't been able to watch it beyond the first episode. Because the first episode they do like the origin of Freddy Krueger. But then for the rest of the episodes it's basically like a Twilight Zone style thing where Freddy Krueger just pops in now and then to comment on it. Hmm. But I'm so interested in watching it they just haven't made it available. Because it's like your favorite thing ever slashers it, yeah. it does yeah this is my like my favorite film franchise of all time so like the, but like the thing is like you mentioned like watching this documentary like you felt more passionate about melee after watching your documentary i felt more pa- passionate about the entire franchise of nightmare on elm street after watching this documentary you know about all the love and care that was put into it exactly and, like, like all the intricate moving parts that you didn't necessarily see at the beginning exactly like hearing it from the people themselves like when i watched the franchise through for the first time i'm like well one's good three's good four's kind of bad <laughs> five's kind of bad six sucks but i still like but, them <laughs> but then like i watched the documentary and then you you hear all the directors and like the act- actors like they got most of the people involved in the franchise to interview for this and you hear them like talking about it and all their ideas that went into it and what they were trying to do and it just makes you appreciate the whole thing more you're just like you know there's a bunch of creative passionate people all getting together to just do whatever they want to take this this horror villain who just has, like, so so much potential. Like, there's so many directions you can go with a character like Freddy Krueger. And just to hear them all bring their own unique vision in, it made me appreciate every single film from the franchise more than I did when I just watched them alone. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's my favorite documentary. And it, So I, I agree with David that documentaries, like, learning about the making of stuff can certainly increase your uh admiration for them yeah i don't know that i actually even have any documentaries like that um but my favorite if we're gonna go like this uh um tower i talked a little bit about it last week um it's about the uh 
Texas University shooter who locked himself up in the tower and just started opening fire on people, sniping them. And it's about all the people that day and, like, eyewitness accounts and just about all, like, the heroism that took place that day. And just as a documentary, I think it's great because it's one of those events that it, it just happened so quickly. Like, it's just one of those things that just happened and then it was done. Like, we don't have tons of footage from it. We have a little bit of radio stuff from it and um, pictures, a couple pictures. And then being able to take all these eyewitness accounts, being able to line them up, make a cohesive story, like a retelling of what do happened they, that like, day. Do they have actors depict? Kind of. Either what they do is, is they like rotoscope animation. The was it the cheesy actors? No. Okay. So this is, this is what I really love about it, is that they take actors playing these roles of them as their younger selves, and then rotoscope animation over it. So it's sort of animated, sort of... It's it's half animation, half uh, live action where these people are telling their stories. And it was just so emotionally just devastating and gripping and hearing, like, these horrible things that happen. But then being able to hear about people who did just outstandingly brave things. Just things that, like, they're just... I don't want to spoil it for anyone because I think everyone should go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's if you have Netflix, it's free for you basically. Um, but there are just great moments. <laughs> David's saying it's not technically free if it's on Netflix, which that's, which that's true. But um, if you have Netflix, I definitely watch it. It's only like an hour and twenty minutes, I think. And um, is it my cue? I'm gonna watch. It. You gotta watch it. It's it probably the most. I've cried at any documentary, but I've, I cry easy. I mean, I just made a list on Letterboxd, movies I cry. You at. made There's a like list of movies of you cry, and I was looking through them, I was like, I, how? Click. How does he? Click. <laughs> I mean, Dude. I cried at that movie too, but because of how terrible it was, yeah, and God. how awful of a film it was, and just maybe weep for cinema. But. I, I was weeping <laughs> for the very art of cinema. <laughs> right. For the boys. For, For the, the boys. boys. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend Tower. I think that is just... It, so this is the thing. When we make those ranked lists of all the movies we've seen in a year, I disclude documentaries. Um, I disclude... Documentaries. Documentaries. I disclude short films and stuff like that. But if I were to include Tower on my ranking of 2016, it would be top 10. Like, it's just... It's fantastic. And just one of the best... Uh, things i've ever seen which makes it also kind of hard to go back to ones that people say are great and then watch them and be like this is not as good as tower um which leads me to another one that i think should be in the conversation for best of all time and i think it usually is when people talk about it and that's the thin blue line which is also on netflix i don't know if you've heard of this one i saw that you had watched on net on letterbox yeah so. um it is Sort of like making a murder, except for like, you know, they don't not include evidence. Like in making a murder, they're just like, hey, let's just not show the prosecution side of like their argument or whatever. So this one, it's about a man who was wrongly convicted um, for killing a police officer. And the person who did kill the police officer um, was 16 at the time. 
and they wanted to put someone to death for killing a police officer. So they're like, well, he was with that kid earlier that day. Let's prosecute him and say he did it. And God, they get close. And like, that's all I want to say. I mean, this took place in the eighties. It's an eighties documentary. Um, the documentary on the event. The event took place in the seventies. So this is 10 years after the event. And uh, it's all about like adding new, <laughs> new uh, David Snapchatting right now, um, adding new evidence, trying to figure out what went wrong. Why was there such a miscarriage of justice in this situation? And um, it's it's just fantastic, honestly. Um, everything about it. Uh, and listening to the the man who was wrongly convicted, listening to him talk. Like, I feel like sometimes when you listen to people talking, you can, like, I think you really did this. You know, like, this man, you can just hear it in his voice. He's like, I didn't do this. And, like, they handed him the paper and they're like, hey, sign and say you did this and you'll get, like, a worse or you'll get, like, a lesser punishment. And he's like, no, I didn't do it. I'm mm. not going to sign that. I did not kill that cop. And, like, it's just, it's, again, I love crime documentaries, I think. Oh, that's really where I fall on stuff like this like i talked about mommy dead and dearest last time i talked about the slenderman uh episode or beware the slenderman where the slenderman documentary about the girls who stabbed their friend um and even yeah so just stuff like that i i love that and i think it's really interesting um so yeah anyone else have another one they want to talk about well i mean i have well, there's, like, two I want to talk about. I, I could talk about them both, like, briefly, so we don't... But there's another one I want to talk about, even though, like, it's in the same vein as the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, and that it's, uh, like, a behind-the-scenes, you know, of uh, major film production. But that was, like... This wasn't, like, a independent release kind of thing, but it was a special feature, like, documentary on the... On a DVD kind oh, of thing. Okay. But it was, like, feature length. So I'm right. counting it. Okay. And that was actually, within a minute, the making of Star Wars Episode Three, And, like, the thing that this film, this documentary does is that it, like, takes, like, a minute of film from Revenge of the Sith from the uh, Mustafar battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Does it talk about, like, everything that went into and just that And it talks minute. about, like, every single piece of filmmaking that goes into that one minute, you know, wow. from the, from the screenplay nifty. to the concept art to the actual building of the sets to the mm-hmm. filming to the digital creation to the location scouting to the, like, sound design. It dissects every single bit of that. And it, it you know, it does a very extensive, like, in-depth hour and a half look into just one minute of the film and what i really loved about this film is that when i watched it it was basically the major piece of like art that i watched that inspired me to want to become like a filmmaker so episode three the best in the series (laughs) inspired you yes episode three was the star wars film that inspired me to become a filmmaker i listen to that internet (laughs) (laughs) I, Not because I he wants it to do it better, but because... Because you can't do it better. You can't do it better. <laughs> that That is peak cinema. It's ridiculous. said. You can't get better. Like, I want, I want to go on and make my own films, but I know I will never make anything better than Star Wars Episode <laughs> you, you 3. Know what you, do. you just make Episode 3 in 4K. 
just just remake re, you know recreate all the digital effects make them upgraded for 4k. 4k that's all that's my dream that's my dream <laughs> if i could have anything in life or, it'd be, or <laughs> be it's either that or you have to do a claymation one of the two not, yeah. not claymation both. of episode three claymation also sounds like a good idea <laughs> all right so yeah there's that documentary <laughs> and then i wanted to highlight a documentary that actually made me cry like, mm. like and that was harmontown and like oh. this is kind of an odd choice to make me cry because it's a very like niche like very limited focus for a documentary because it's basically just following dan Harmon, who was the creator of community the creator of rick and morty it's basically following him on a tour he did for his podcast like after he was fired from community before he was rehired for community he went on like the road for his podcast would you want to go back after you've been fired well, I mean, the fans really wanted him back because the fourth season sucked. And, yeah, the five, the fifth and sixth season were much better. <clears throat> thanks to his involvement. And so, like... Thanks to his what? Thanks to his involvement. Thanks to... Like I said, thank you, Susan Charles involvement. Charles Gambino was in involvement. But... Continue. But, uh... The, the thing about this documentary is... Is like I think there's a lot of people that are a bit too like of worshiping Dan Harmon as and you know they're just like oh Community is the greatest show ever Dan Harmon is a god kind of thing but I think what's great about this documentary is it it had a very even-handed approach like it it showed how he's like he's a very creative person he's a very smart person he's a very funny person but at the same time he's like a bit of a jerk <laughs> okay. And, like, the people who work with him will, like, point this out. They'll be like, this is, like, how he's, like, not being able to always hold down a job. Because it's just, like, he... But I... I, So I like that even-handed approach. But I also like that it's kind of showing that, you know, like, this is... it's It's a very complex character study, you know? It's like, this is a man who's very flawed. He has a lot of his own personal struggles. He has a lot of, uh problems with his own life he's not always a perfect person and stuff but at the same time he's like trying to do something really powerful which is like kind of create a community where people feel like they belong yes community yeah yeah (laughs) pun intended or whatever it's not a real pun but (laughs) (laughs) but like with his podcast with his shows he's basically trying to find a way to like bring people together and people are responding to it like you know there are people who are like finding a sense of, you know, belongingship where a lot of times I couldn't before. And I just thought there was something really powerful about, you know, like watching this really flawed man be able to make such a difference to so many different people. So I really like that documentary. Do we want anything else, David? I think we can move on. Um, I I also just want to mention one more. I just quick mention. Um, if you're ever looking for conspiracy theory, um, the, documentary, the Bernstein Bears. Yeah, no, um, uh, it's it's a really bad documentary, but like it was enjoyable because conspiracy theories they interest me. You know, I, I enjoy listening to them, even though I don't believe like any of them. It, so if you want to watch one, it's, it's a slippery slope. Slippery. I don't. I don't. Um, if you want to listen to like a really really weird one uh watch soaked in bleach on uh, it's on netflix 
Uh, it's, it's a documentary all about how they try to prove that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. <laughs> and it's really dumb. <laughs> like, none of their evidence makes sense, but it's a fun watch nonetheless because you get to make fun of people. Um, yeah. All Guys, right. let's move on all right. to the upcoming movies of the week. Your daughter... What would you say to her? Brush your teeth, work hard. Stay away from any boy in a band, especially a drummer. We, we got, a, got a big one this week. How, how many movies are coming out? Two. Oh. Once, only one wide release, one limited <clears throat> release, at least once I talk about it. But the wide release is something uh, highly anticipated among some circles. What is the upcoming wide release? It is Transformers: The Last, the last night. night. Is it the last night? Is it the? It final is not the last night because they've already announced a sixth film and a Bumblebee spinoff. But Mark Wahlberg's done. Mark Wahlberg and Michael Bay are done after this one. Because in the trailers they say the like it's the last movie. They they said they that said in the that trailer. in the in the Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pirates of the Caribbean one that, is probably going to be the last. They thing. say that. In Planet of the Apes, they say that all the time, and I'm getting sick of it. I don't want to see it in my face. Get it out of my face. Get it out of my cinemas. I do. I think Pirates of the Caribbean is actually a very close, like, point of comparison for Transformers last night, and that is like <laughs> the in the sense that is the fifth installment of a very you know tired franchise, Burnout. very tired franchise. And you have to wonder who exactly is still going to be coming back for more. Because you, you look at the box office for Pirates of the Caribbean 5, it's not doing well. Especially compared to 4, and definitely not compared to the first 3. <laughs> no. So, and the, the fourth Transformers movie was already the lowest grossing Transformers movie. Already the worst Transformers movie by a long shot. <laughs> that is not so. even close. Like, 2 is pretty bad, but 4 is like... Just end it. So Just end this movie. You have to wonder who exactly is still excited for another one of these. I don't know. David, are you excited for it at all? I didn't even see four. I didn't see four. <laughs> so no. Don't. Uh, just, yeah, just, please just don't. don't. It's so uncomfortable, especially when they talk about the stupid Romeo and Juliet. When they law. when they pause their giant big budget CGI robot alien action fest to talk about consent laws in Texas. Only in Texas. What? I mean, yeah. I don't... Man, Marky Mark, what have you done? <laughs> Emily Blunt's in this, right? In the fifth one? I did not hear that. I don't I think, think so. She is, man. You want? You I'm gonna look like, that up. Anth I know Anthony that. Hopkins is in this. And <laughs> Anthony, no! He's talking about how like Michael Bay is a genius, and I'm like, you know better, dude. You he, you've been through enough. He films, wants you that know. thick, thick paycheck, man. He knows. He knows. But, like, this this film, it looks like just as much as a mess as the other four films in the Almost franchise. worse. Yeah, I you mean, got... I like the first one. I like the first one, it's too. It's good old Even Steven. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah. Like, the first one, it's... We will not submit. Oh, wait, that's just from his recent campaign. Sorry, guys. Uh... <laughs> but... First one is good, I will agree. 
it's it's cool. dumb, but it's enjoyable. This is now ten years later. This yeah, this is ten years later. I remember I remember going to see the first one in the IMAX. I went we went and drove to go see the first one on the IMAX because it was supposed to be the big thing, you know, the new all the robots and I was like, I'll go see that. and it it was cool. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that would have been even better on an yeah. IMAX screen because you know it's definitely a very effects heavy movie. Is Emily Blunt in this movie or not? You're walking away. But so like, I just want to apologize to everyone. Emily Blunt. Are we still recording? Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's not in this movie. Emily Blunt. Not in this movie. So I I messed up. But did you want to say that if she was in this movie, I'd go see it? I will not see this movie. Under any circumstances. I, well, okay, I will not see this movie in theaters <laughs> under any That's circumstances. Right, I had to see number four, so I will not be seeing number five, since I'm a diehard watch every movie in order before you see the next one. I mean, I'm with you, but at the same time, I cannot recommend watching no. four in any circumstance. Not even for free. I can't I can't recommend it. Just, so, to, just to keep... You could, what if I want to finish the series? You, no. No. The series ended at three. <laughs> at three? Just, okay. Just let that yeah. be Is your reality. Hashtag alternative yeah. facts. Hashtag alternative facts. This is the one acceptable circumstance <laughs> in which you can build your own reality. All right, so Transformers. <laughs> so let's talk about The Beguiled. Is that the small release? That's the yes. small release. It's The Beguiled. Um, now this is, I would know this if I was Directed by Sofia buzzed. Coppola. So, Coppola? Coppola. Coppola. Sure. Sofia Coppola. Um, I've not seen any of her movies. So, I have not either, I don't think. So I've put all of them on my watch list. You know, I got Lost in Translation, Virgin Suicides, um, other ones. <laughs> I'm trying to think, but I can't think right now. Um, so, yeah, as soon as I heard what this was, um, it's a period piece set in the Civil War times. Um, I got Elle Fanning in it. We got... I mean, I'll watch, like, any movie with Elle Fanning in it. Like, she's a good actress. And I will watch, she is, like, she any is movie a, she is in. She is a very good actress. But... Are we going to bring this a Neon Demon debate? <laughs> no, because I know what you're getting at right now. And it's that the Neon Demon, she was good in the Neon Demon. She I'm was saying, good in no, the Neon she Demon. She was very bad in Neon Demon. She was flat and, you know... Not the characters were not very well developed because that was the point of the movie. Yeah, because it was a superficial movie about a superficial world. Anyway, but Nicole Kidman's in this as well, I believe. Yes, and Nicole Kidman's like one of those people, and I said this when I watched Lion. I'm like, I'm not like a big fan of Nicole Kidman, but when she does like a good job, I I always think she's great. Like, in Lion, I think she's great. She has some great scenes in that. And so, I think that that just having this great cast, having this director who is very critically acclaimed, she won Best Director at Cannes this year. That's how you pronounce it? Cannes? Cannes, yeah. Cannes, yeah. She won um, Best Director at Cannes this year, Cannes Film Festival. So, I'm I, as soon as I heard that, I was even more instantly excited um, because, yeah, of course, period pieces. I like that. And when I saw how long the movie is, an hour and 30 minutes, I'm like, sign me right up. Because usually these period pieces, maybe they'll run a little long. They'll run like two hours. They'll run like three. But as soon as I saw an hour and 30, I'm like, yep. 
so excited for this movie. So. I am also excited for this movie. I like the director. I like the cast. I like the concept. It seems a little bit like horror-ish, at least thriller-ish. Thriller, yeah. I'd lean more thriller on this one. So, I'm Is excited it a for this. psychedelic thriller, my favorite kind of movie? You mean psychological? No, psychedelic. No. <laughs> psychedelic thriller is also pretty great. Yeah. Have you not seen one of those before? Yeah, have you not seen Across the Universe? You've seen Mulholland Drive. I have seen Mulholland <laughs> Drive. Recently Psych. declared my number four favorite movie of all time. Um, follow me on Letterboxd, everyone. <laughs> I updated my top four movies. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm excited. It probably won't come here at all. Um, but when it's available for rental, I'm, I'm on top of that. So Same. You'll hear about it later this year. Guys, let's move on. To the what have we been watching segment this week. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. Uh, this week, guys, I really only watched Attack of the Block, which if you haven't yet, you can listen to the Gateway to Cinema episode, which went up on Tuesday. So, listen to that. Um, Aaron and I talk about Attack the Block. Really enjoyed it, so we're going to talk about it. It's a um, good one. This is a good one. <laughs> um, and then other than that, I just watched documentaries in preparation for this. Of course, Atari already talked about Thin Blue Line. Um, I watched uh, Atari Game Over, which is about how Atari went out of business. But they're um, coming they're back. They're coming back with a new console for some reason. Um, and so, yeah. Watched Thin Blue Line. I already talked about that. I already talked about Atari Game Over. Uh, and what talked about Attack of the Block, but guys, mm-hmm. how do we feel about stand up in this room? Comedy, stand up comedy, yeah, or standing up in general. I <laughs> will not stand up for anything. I refuse to. I will sit down in all circumstances. What about when Charlie goes America? Uh, stands up for his right to smoke cigarettes and be American which is I'm standing up for my right to never stand up well guys stand up comedy (laughs) I'm a fan I have a couple people that I really enjoy to listen to Um, Daniel Tosh Daniel Tosh is one Um, but one I like to turn on it's a little bit of comfort food when I'm working on something like a, like a script or a, or a letterboxed list. Um, I like to maybe put something on in the background. And this week, I put on John Mulaney, The Comeback Kid. Uh, which is a little stand-up special. I really love John Mulaney. Uh, he's probably my favorite stand-up comedian right now. Um, he's just real funny. Yeah, I like him. He's one of the few, like... Like, I've seen his stand-up specials on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually listen to a lot of stand-up, but I like his stuff. He's he's never, like, mean-spirited or anything. He's always, like, just, just a, he's fun to listen to. He, he has good jokes. The Salt and Pepper Diner is just a all-time classic. Um, and The Comeback Kid is, is not my favorite stand-up special of his. I think New in Town is probably still his best. Uh, but Comeback Kid is really great. Um, and I listened, or I watched that again. Kinda. I listened to it mostly. Um, so you so, didn't watch it. 
I mean, I did. I had it on the background. Oh, really? Um, because some some of the jokes you have. Excuse to see. me. This is uh, what have so, I been watching? <laughs> not what have so I been I, listening I to in the background so while doing other tasks. I bring a new topic to the pod. Oh, it's not considered some TV, but you don't even watch TV. <laughs> movies guys that's it we're, we're kicking Lacey out of the podcast <laughs> he's gone whoa man uh i am taking over as your host i'm your host aaron han well then Join tell us what you all- watched okay, okay okay are you done mm-hmm. okay uh well i'm gonna talk about like three things this week although one of the three things is technically more than one thing but i'll cover it in large things first thing just get the ball moved. most important thing uh i started watching season one of the TV show Fargo, because I've been I'm mean to catch up on season three. I watched season two when it aired live because this is an anthology show, so each season is a different story. Okay. So you can jump jump in at any point. So I watched season two live, and then I went to I was thinking about watching season three, but season three the way it works is season two takes place before season one, season three takes place after season one. So I was like, well, might as well just watch. Might as well watch season one first. So I bought season one on DVD. Oh wow! Started watching it. Yeah, it's pretty cheap at this point. How was it? Uh, I'm six episodes in. It's like a ten episode first season. Six episodes in. It's phenomenal. Like really great. How did you like season two? Season two, I think. So far, I liked season two better than season but one. Season one's still really good. But they're yeah, they're both season one and two. Highly recommend as TV. You know, it's very like darkly comedic, very violent, like crime. It's like a crime show, but has a lot of uh, comedic touch to it. And so it's really great. Uh, you got an all star cast. You got Martin Freeman. You got Colin Hanks. You got. Uh, with oh Billy Bob Thornton is great in this, and so the cast is really great. It's really funny. It does a really great job of capturing the spirit of the original film, the original oh, Coen Brothers film, and so it's like a show that I highly, highly recommend. I'll probably talk about it a little more after I finish the season, but so far, really enjoying it. I hope. That uh, we're go- I think we're gonna cover the main Fargo movie soon, Very soon. on Gateway to Cinema. Should we wait so. till it's snowy? I don't know, cause I'm I'm in the mood to talk about it right now, cause I'm watching the TV show. Or should we wait until the show comes back for season four? That would be oh, possibly never. There, oh. there, there's no confirmation that a fourth season is going to happen. Well, never mind. Let's do it soon then. So watched Fargo. Uh, beyond that, watched, so this is the one that's a little more than one thing, but I watched a couple films in the Amityville Horror <laughs> series. I watched, I watched the third, fourth, and sixth film in the franchise. So, the, the first, one of these films I watched, because I am currently at work on the, the second iteration of my October blog project last year. I did The Night X Came Home, watched 31 really terrible horror movies, <laughs> just talked about them in depth at length, mocked them, lost my mind a little bit. And so I'm, Sleepaway camp. <laughs> so I'm going to do that again this year. And so I watched one of these for that list. And then since I was in the mood, 
I watched a couple more of them. You know, the, the Amityville The Awakening just got pushed back again. <laughs> oh so I'm like, well, I'm in the mood for an Amityville movie and I don't have that one. So <laughs> I'm just going to watch some of these other ones. They're bad. They're just... It's probably the, one of the worst horror franchises ever made. Like, really? Not, like, none of the films are good. Not even the original. <laughs> but they're entertaining to watch because they're just so bad. Like, they don't understand what's scary at all. Like, one of them... They're just fighting a haunted lamp the entire movie. Like, it's it's a lamp. It doesn't move or anything. <laughs> it's, it just sits there in the attic and glows. <laughs> and they can't stop it. <laughs> Does it, like, hurt them or anything? Not really. Everyone, so, everyone gets hurt in different ways, Jacob. That's true. It's it's the emotional scars from the haunted <laughs> lamp that, that count. <laughs> Yeah, man. So watch those. And then, finally, last night I watched this week, watch this little film. I was warned. Oh! Didn't listen. It was one of our bad movies of the week, Aaron, and you still did this to yourself. It was covered on Bad Movie of the Week. Still watched it because my family's home. They're like, what movie can we all agree to watch together? I watched this with my dad and my brothers. So tell me about the movie. What is it? It was Hot Tub Time Machine 2. So bad. Phenomenal film. So awful. Oh, Lord. Like, just the laziest jokes. Yeah. The the worst writing. Mm-hmm. Just so mean-spirited. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awful in, like, every sense of the word. There's that really homophobic joke in the middle there, too. Like, throughout. Well, just, yeah. Just throughout. Well, yeah. But there's the one that's, like, really bad. <laughs> like, so bad. At, like, at the time, I was like, oh. God, it's okay. it's like, <laughs> it's like so ho- it's like so homophobic that like homophobes would be like okay that's a little too <laughs> much yeah but like just the way they try to work around uh, John Cusack not being <laughs> back it's so just terrible you're just like. The whole movie were reminded about how awful the script must have been. That John Keats like was like, I can't come back for this. You know, yeah. you're yeah. just constantly reminded of his, of his, you know, not his lack of presence in the movie. Poor John. Yeah. And poor Adam Scott, man. Well, really, like, no. John know. lucked out by not being in this film. Yeah, but like, poor him for having been the first one that's so tainted by the second. The, one. I didn't even enjoy the first film. The first one has its moments, though. It, it at least has, like, an emotional arc that you care yeah. about. Like, you can kind of see where they're going from, like, the idea of, like, going back into your past, changing the the mistakes you think you've made. There's something that I think everyone can relate to in that. Mm-hmm. This film doesn't have that at all. Jeez. It's, it's they just... They try, though. It's just mean-spirited, it's dumb, it's poorly assembled. Lacey was right to pick it as bad movie of the week. Pretty early on, even, actually. Pretty early on, yes. Because you saw this in theaters. Oh, yeah. This was in 2015. I was doing this thing with, with my good buddy, Rackpaw, who we were deciding we were going to see one movie every week. And one of those weeks, Hot Tub Time Machine 2 was the only thing out. Time to see the second one. And this one. is why we don't do that. Yeah. See, I, I thought that would make me better at understanding movies. I mean that's a it's a fair point, but at the same time, 
I don't think you need to hold yourself to like that kind of criteria if there is absolutely nothing no, worth seeing that. Because I saw that and I saw home during this. And I saw Daddy's the home. gunman, Daddy's Home. Dude, have you seen the trailer for Daddy's Home 2? No. I didn't see the first one. I didn't I either. Did. I did. But <laughs> this second one looks insane. You got Mel Gibson and what is it, John Lithgow? John Lithgow. I'm like, I don't think we can be laughing about anything Mel Gibson does anymore. <laughs> like, uh, seems a bit, <laughs> a bit much, but yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah, Hot Tab Tab Time Machine 2. Oh God, don't see it. Don't ever watch it. No. On to David. David, what was your week? So, I, it is Father's Day. It I'll, is. Happy Father's Day to all you daddies out there. But so for Father's Day, I did a little clapping second. I wanted to take out, I wanted to take my dad out to a movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, "What movie should I go take him to?" Nothing like because we already saw Wonder Woman, uh, mm-hmm. and didn't want him to. Take, did, he doesn't like trash comedies or horrors. Cause mm-hmm. so I was like, "Oh, what's playing?" And we last week we talked about a movie that we thought was good, but was actually bad. But I think it's actually good again. <laughs> I think I have to agree with you, honestly. It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Sorry, internet. Two weeks ago. I talked. I talked. I watched. I talked. <laughs> I talked. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And a few... Th- it, was, it was good. It was really good. Whoa. Bold opinion alert. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, something about seeing it because I I haven't seen it in years and seeing it on the big screen. Something different. You're like, oh yeah, like this is cool. Like, like this is kind of like what it would have been like back in the day when it first came out. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There are a few things though that caught my eye. One, seeing it on the big screen, there were like five separate scenes. I don't know why I noticed this, but there are five separate scenes. Where flies landed on the actors' faces, yeah. and they just kind of, so they kind of brushed them <laughs> yeah. off. And they kept out. I was like, "Why did I not see this before?" I was like, "What is this?" Because you couldn't, you couldn't see them on the small screen. I couldn't see yeah. them on the small screen, and then they're tiny flies. They're little gnats. They're not tiny flies, actually. No, they're regular sized flies, Excuse me. which are tiny <laughs> creatures. The second thing. When Indiana, that I noticed, that I thought was weird. When Indiana Jones and the female Marion. Marion. I don't know what her name is. The female. When when they get out of, when they um, get out of the uh, well of souls, is it the well of souls? Well of souls, yeah. When they push that big block out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And they get out and there's a shot and there's a guy guy's body just laying there like next to the place where they came out and like i don't remember that at all it was really weird like wait did they didn't knock that guy out is he just napping or is he dead i was really confused Yo, he's a dead man but like they didn't they didn't touch him and like the block didn't hit him because it was the block was like one yeah indiana jones a stone cold killer man i, wa- I was trying to count how many kills <laughs> it's a I lot <laughs> now do you count do you count the man who gets cut up by the plane Yes. Why would you not count him? He didn't do that. Accident. He uh, he. Listen, he had to pull the Batman. He doesn't. He, said, he doesn't have to kill him. But, but I he don't doesn't, have to, doesn't have to save him. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't save him. It counts. 
Alright, so we're, Batman killed we're, him? We're counting that as a mark against Batman. Batman killed him?! Well, Batman wasn't in this movie, and I'm gonna move on to what else I watched this week. What else are you been watching? I saw, you know what, I, I was like, okay, the, there's the Marvel Universe, right? There is. It's doing well. There's the DC Universe. <laughs> Lacey warned me. That, <laughs> that the DC Universe just has some footing. They're like, yep. Finally, we're, yeah. We're finally gonna do something what right. I'm like, yep, just give me some, some of that good stuff. Give me Martian Manhunter. Now, there's there's another universe. One to do with monsters, per se. And that universe was started by this little movie that It actually out. wasn't. What was the it first was. one? Dracula Untold does not count. They said it was on canon. The Mummy. I watched The Mummy. Dracula, again, it's the beginning of the universe. It's it not is. Ca- it's not canon. It is. Jake Jake Johnson's in this. He's a pretty man. And I remember I remember we talked about it. Oh, yeah. The universe. I was like, oh, like, okay, maybe, like, they'll do a little, little something at the end. And, like, see how the movie d- does... No, like, right from the beginning, like, boom, like, oh, like, there's monsters everywhere in the world. I was like, what are we talking about? Like, where's <laughs> Brendan Fraser? I was so confused. Like, I want Brendan Fraser in this movie. I heard they, like, confirmed that, like, the Brendan Fraser mummy movies were, like, canon, though. Like, they had, like, the, the Book of Death, like, show up somewhere. As, like, it's just yeah. kind of like a little... Why are you telling our audience spoilers? Because who cares <laughs> about the mummy? I thought we are going to go see it tomorrow. <laughs> we're not going to go see the mummy. <laughs> Never mind. But I thought I think I that's what I read online is that like they they had like a little little like cameo like Easter egg yeah. thing that said like the Brendan Fraser movies were canon, which is odd. But at the same time, it's just very. I wasn't exp- like they did one th- good thing that they did with the movie. You remember um, Tom Cruise's amazing screaming scene when he crashes the plane i definitely remember. how could you forget they they, they cut almost all of his scream what how is that amazing if they cut all of his scream because it, it, it's the one thing that the movie like realized they fixed that they, it they fixed something but what i wanted out of this film was more tom cruise horrible screaming that's not what we're gonna get oh and another another nitpick that i have with this movie is that um because in the trailers I'm not spoiling anything because it was in the trailers. The plane crashes and he's presumed dead, and he wakes up in the uh, in the, mor- the morgue. 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 Thank you. And they walk in the morgue and he's naked and he's walking around naked. And they're all like, "How did you get here?" Like they they knew that he was dead, but they just like assumed that he wasn't dead and that he was just naked in this morgue. Like it was really weird. I'm like, you, he died on the plane, but they're just like, "Oh, you're alive." It's not like he woke up from the dead or anything. They just, it was so nonchalant they didn't really care. I was really I was like, he was dead. He saved your life. Like, like there's no way they so they instead of assuming that he came back to life, they assumed that he somehow got naked, broke into this morgue, and, st- and was standing in the morgue. Like that's that's the assumption that they <laughs> what? Made. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, what are you doing? Like, but yeah, but that's all I saw this week. <laughs> okay. So mummy. What's your hot take? See it? Don't see it? I mean, we need a monster universe. <laughs> Do we, though? Do we really need it? So now, like, they were saying, like, Mummy's gonna start this universe. And we're like, no, well, well they started Dracula Untold's gonna start this universe. But that's not canon. 
it's not canon now. They wanted to start this universe with Dracula Untold. And they're like, yeah, Dracula Untold, canon. And then Mummy comes out. Dracula Untold, not canon. And now what's going to happen? Bride of Frankenstein is going to come out and they're going to be like, Mummy, not canon. I also have other nitpicks with this movie, but they're spoilers, so mm. I'm not going to say them. Is Sofia Botella good as the mummy, though? Is she I, at least I heard she gets kind of like sidelined because of Tom Cruise, though. Like Tom Cruise, there's been articles that came it's out that basically about said, the mummy. <laughs> but basically said like Tom Cruise like took over the production of this movie. Like he re- rewrote the script so his character would play a larger role. He basically guided Alex Kurtzman through all of the directing, like you know, picking Holy the crap. camera lenses and like staging scenes and all this stuff. So something that we should learn about this, Tom Cruise is one heck. Of a director. <laughs> yeah, sure. Guys, let's move on to the Devil's Advocate segment this week. Aaron, mm-hmm. as always, would you like to lead us into this? I would indeed. Lead us, boy. Lead so, us into the promised land. <laughs> like like, like Moses, I'm leading us into the promised land. From Attack the Block. From, yes, but uh, this is the segment where we take a film that is critically praised and make the case for why it is actually a bad movie, or we take a film that is you know critically trashed and make the case for why it is actually a masterpiece. And this week, we got a little. Uh, we picked a film that we thought would be relevant to talk about at this point because it's got a uh, sequel coming out this weekend, which we talked about before. And no, to beguiled. Does not have any other films <laughs> in the franchise. So that's right, we are talking about a Transformer film. Woohoo! Now, as we mentioned, David has not seen the fourth Transformers film. Hmm. So we're instead going to look at what I is. Like, I feel like we've ripped on the trans- the fourth Transformers movie enough. But we're not point. here to rip on this Transformers film. We're here to praise oh, this Transformers sorry, film. Yes. And that is what is often considered the second worst of the franchise. Sometimes well, even the worst. Sometimes even the worst. But, but we think, but is, we the think is the best. And that is Transformers 2. Revenge of the Fallen. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers, robots in disguise. Um, my favorite thing about this movie. And I think the thing that, again, we're playing characters, everyone. Um, the thing that I think is really great about this movie is this film's humor. Tell us more. Um, so, like, my favorite line, and I think you all will agree on this, is when um, Barton Fink is climbing up the side of the... Do, do you know, <laughs> him Barton, I don't know. <laughs> See, oh, is that John Turturro? John Turturro, thank you. John Turturro is climbing up the side of the pyramid... And he's under the giant monstrous robot that's a bunch yes, of different yes. stuff combined. And he says, I'm under the scrotum. You know what, what I like about this? Good comedy. Is not only is it comedy, but it's world building. Yeah. Because you, like, you watch these Transformers films and you're like, where do new Transformers come from? <laughs> like, did they just build them out of like the leftover parts of dead Transformers? Do they just kind of like come out of eggs? You know, like... What is the what is the you know mating process so and we, birthing so process for Transformers that, that Transformers movies? Reduce. So we confirm Transformers. Yeah, yeah. So so we confirm that their their they sexual reproduction cycle is a bit like ours, and it makes them more relatable, you know. But but like, again, I like that they don't spell everything out because then this Transformer that has 
the scrotum was born by not doing that. That's true. That's true. So it's like it gives you a little bit of a taste, but then it also says, no, 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 no. But I, but I like what I like about that. I like about you know saying that he has a scrotum mm-hmm. is that it makes the the transformers more relatable. They, they're, they're like people because one of the complaints against the first one was like, oh, the transformers don't really have their own personalities. Yeah, except you can't for connect like to them. Optimus Prime, the leader, Bumblebee's the crazy. But what we have and here, jazz is, the, jazz is the racist black one. He's not racist, but the movie's racist. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But, like, what I like here is that we can relate to them. Because they're like, you know, he probably has... A wife and kids? A wife and kids somewhere. Or a husband and kids. Somewhere over the rainbow. Why is this turning into us? Somewhere new. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about how innovative this movie was. Okay. Because even Stevens, otherwise known as Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf? He was filming this movie. Yeah. And they and, and he was injured. His arm was Was hurt. it really? He, oh, man. He, he just got in a car accident. Like, not actually in the movie. But, so he hurt his arm. He had to have a cast on. So, you know what this movie did? They were innovative. They were like, hey, there, there's a crash scene in this movie. We're going to make it look like after this crash scene, you hurt your arm in that. So, we're just going to, like, not CGI out your... Cast, we're just gonna let it be in there. Like we're, we're this is a real life movie. People get hurt. Mm-hmm. Even Stevens gets hurt. Shia LaBeouf gets yeah. hurt, but he still presses on. He does. Shia LaBeouf can get hurt because I thought he was just like a god. I thought he was like a, a god. god. <laughs> I thought he was our god. Actually, is he an actual cannibal or is he Shia LaBeouf? He is both. Cannibal he, can, he can be both. Now I want to point out something. A lot of movies they steal from from um, Terminator, right? They steal a lot of things Not, from Terminator. How many movies? What? A lot of movies steal from Terminator. Yeah, Terminator 2 and Terminator... Terminator Rise 1. Rise of the Machines and Terminator Genesis and... They, they mean, all like, stole... A lot of movies they like to... Their... Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> A lot of movies they like to take from, like, Terminator. They like to take, ha, Terminator 1. Oh, there's some good stuff and then I'll be back. Ha, 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 we'll steal that joke and make it a funny. But... Transformers 2... It doesn't steal from from Terminator One. It doesn't steal from Terminator Two. It steals from Terminator Three. Rise of the Machines. Yeah. Tell us how. Because the lady that the lady Transformer, the Transformer that turns into a lady. Yes. She's trying to kiss Shia LaBeouf. You know, I also I also want to praise this moment. Uh huh. Because like I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. Because I was like. Wait a second. I thought that they as- clearly established that the Transformers can only take the form of <laughs> automobiles and other vehicles. Yeah. They, like, explicitly stated mm-hmm. that they cannot transform into humans. Yeah. And then out of nowhere in the second movie, with no explanation, Michael Bay's like, oh, nope, here's one that can transform into a human. Well, maybe but she only was a conceived. sexy human. Maybe she was conceived. Maybe that's what baby Transformers look like. And then they humans? grow... <gasps> Are we all just baby so Transformers? So when we grow up, do we turn into tra- Transformers? Dude, I... See, this movie is genius. So look at look at all these existential questions. It's raising. Do you really like the old Transformer? What old Transformer? Oh, the jet? Yeah. Where he has, where he has he a beard. A he does a lot of farts. We know he's old because he has a beard. 
High class. I think that was like like Robert e- Ebert's like quote from the movie. It was like, I knew this Transformer was old and wise because he had a beard made out of aluminum. He <laughs> was like, Robert, Robert this is probably, Ebert's this, just right, a... This is probably like the greatest film review of all time, you know? <laughs> just a treasure. So we right? got that out of this film. So that is something. But that is something. And I also think... What's the best part of Transformers? Everyone answer right. Ready? Three, two, one. They're more than meets the eye. <laughs> I was going to see Megan Fox. <laughs> and she's in this movie a lot. And you know, in the what, second one? Yeah. And when I was thinking... She got kicked out for the third one. Yeah. Because yeah. then she get in a fight with the director. Yeah. yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, God. But then he hired her back from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And she's the worst part of those movies. Um, <laughs> she's the best part. Just like she's the best part of Transformers 1 and 2. And they're like, what do we need more of in our movie about fighting robots? Robots that fight each other. How about a romantic subplot? And then the second one, they expound upon that. And the second one, they also had the mini Transformer, right? The little... Like, the little Transformer yeah. that tries to the hump her leg. Yeah. We see, we have three romantic subplots at once. We have... Same with Wiki. Force, plus, sexuality of a mini Transformer into yeah. a human woman's life. Plus, Megan Fox. And then Megan Fox plus little tiny Transformer. And then those two dogs that hump each other at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. The two dogs. That's three. I was really invested in the relationship. That was three romantic relationships okay. in a, a one movie. Plus he goes to college in this one. That's true. It's so relatable. Dude, we're in college. Yeah, we're in college. And it was exactly like that. You know, I met my roommate, and they ran a blog about alien invasions, conspiracy theories. Did your mom do pot brownies? My mom ate a pot brownie and got high the entire time. (laughs) Did your mom tell your dad that she would do anything for an A? Yeah, and then there was a professor who was like... That's in the movie. (laughs) ...really explicitly sexually harassing his students. Yeah. That's... That's the college experience. Yeah. Michael, Michael, Michael Bay captured it. Yeah, he really knows, man. See, this is the thing we don't we don't attribute to Michael Bay too much. We're always like, okay, he can do explosions. He can do a slow-mo. But can he do human relationships? And I'd say that Transformers 2 has the best human relationships of all of his movies. Better than Pearl Harbor. Better than Armageddon. Better than... Blah, 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 blah. I think we have successfully made the case for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen as a great movie. It is just one of the best, most humanistic pieces of cinema out there. You know, it's just so good at capturing the, the complex relationships and questions of human existence in such a funny and interesting way. It certainly made me question a lot about my life. Yeah. Well, that can be for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Worth a critical reevaluation. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Let's move on to the bad movie of the week. Oh, my God! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Garbage day! Huh? No! Aaron. Yes. 
you got a little something for us, deliver it. You know what I'm saying? Take that movie, shove it in a tiny little box, and then ship it to me. Ship it to the podcast listeners. I'm stalling because Aaron's taking a drink. Um, ship it to the podcast listeners. I am taking more. a big drink. Because I got a little special film <laughs> for you guys today. Oh, no. Okay. I think, since we are uh, a little bit off our game this week. Are we? Because we're hitting perfect time. That's true. We are on time. I'm on my game. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we are more on our game than usual. Surprisingly. Maybe we need to do this more often. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to make this podcast a little special for you guys. Wait till you wake up in the morning and just listen to it. Oh, yeah. What I am, are we talking about? I am going to talk about, for Bad Movie of the Week. A good movie? Possibly the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire life. Not Fantastic is a masterpiece compared to this film. Oh, God. Now, I believe I previously mentioned that Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 might be the worst film I've ever seen. And that is true. That is in contention with this film for the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, no. And this film is a little film, not very well known, but it's called The Nightmare Never Ends. Oh, dude, this is a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) David, shut up. (laughs) I love you, buddy. So, like, this is a film that I actually covered uh, last year in October for my Night X Came Home vlog project. And this was the penultimate entry in that series. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was at, like, my lowest point. Like, I was, like, (laughs) losing my mind after seeing... 29 other trash movies in a row. Yeah. I watched this film. And, uh... Was it considered a film? My god, this film is not a film. I don't know what this film is. So let's start off. First thing about this film. It has three directors. Oh god. (laughs) Three here we go. Different directors. So what if all three of us wanted to direct a movie? We like can we not? But like the thing is, if the three of us were to direct a movie, we would at least have a singular artistic vision. Right, right. We we are like we would at least understand each other Mm -hmm. to the point where we'd be like, okay, you're gonna do that direction, but like I know how to also build on that. Like the Lonely Island. Yeah, like the Lonely Island. These three directors. They clearly did not know what the other ones were doing. Because. So here's the thing. Let me tell you a little bit about this film. Okay. Tell me about it, man. We start out. We have these people. Let me let me look what their names are. Okay. We got we got this woman, Claire. Claire. And she's having bad dreams. And she's so she's driving to Las Vegas with her husband James. And James is uh is uh Doing this tour. Oh. No, he's doing this tour for his new book called God is Dead. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. This I is, saw a Christian movie that told me the opposite. This is an edgy dude. Did you see the sequel? We, no. No. <laughs> I don't think anyone saw the sequel to that. But this is so edgy. I'd have to make a third. He, edgy dude. He comes out with a book. He's like, you know what? Christianity is bad. And so I'm going to write a book about this. Oh, no. And so they go to Las Vegas. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't dare. But his wife is having bad dreams. She's dreaming about, like, this this clay. This clay. She's dreaming about clay. 
And she, she tells her husband, I'm always dreaming about demons. Uh-oh. But she's dreaming about clay. Uh-oh. Wait, like, wait. Demons are clay now. Demons are clay now. Oh, so go with this. So they God. go to Las Vegas. <laughs> they see a magician show. <laughs> Do you mean a magic show? <laughs> well, same thing. A, a magician show, show where a magician... They, they went to go see a the magician, magician show. The magician is doing the show. <laughs> so they go see a magic show. Uh, the psychic comes out. He's like, ask me any question. Clara goes up to him and she's like, is God real? And then the, the magician dude is like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to give you a vision. And she has a vision. And the film hard cuts. And suddenly, we are in 1940s Germany <laughs> with the Nazis. Oh, no. That's how tell if God's real or <laughs> That's what they choose to do. David, I don't think they can hear you, man. They can hear you. I don't think they can. <laughs> so, so, so we're in 1940s Germany. There's Nazis. Some, some Nazi higher official comes in. He's like, you haven't met your quota yet. I want to mention. Yes. Also share something with Transformers the last night. <laughs> it has random Nazis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 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 okay. So the Nazis come in. They're like, you haven't met your quota yet. Then the Nazi takes a gun, shoots the band that was playing for the Nazis, and says, you've met your quota. Because the Nazis... <laughs> So they had a quota for killing people. And so now they, they've killed all the people they need to kill. <laughs> so, now, so now we've had this Nazi flashback. But we're not cutting back to the magician show to explain this flashback. No, we're cutting to after the magician show. Where Claire confronts the psychic in his dressing room. And she's just like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's go to dinner. Because I want to know more about these Nazis. But then, after she leaves... The psychic is killed because the screen turns red. No. It turns red so he dies because that's how people die. That is. When I, when I saw when I saw my cousin die. Or the old school 007 happened. movie. My cousin didn't actually die, everyone. It's, it's fine. I'm making a joke. So then next, uh, after the psychic dies, this, this Jewish man, his name is Mr. Weiss. He's watching this on TV. And he sees some guy on he's TV. Watching, wait, 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 wait. What is he watching on he's, TV? He's watching the aftermath when the police yeah. are picking up this dead body. Okay. He sees this on TV. And he sees a guy on TV. And he looks. He, his walls are covered with newspaper. He looks at the photos in the newspapers on his wall. And he sees that the same person on the TV is the same person in his newspapers. Oh, no. It's a Nazi. Who's Nazi. immortal. Immortal Nazis, Nazi zombies. So he goes to this. He goes to this police officer, and he's like, Lieutenant Stern. The police officer is Lieutenant Stern. He's like, Hey, this is a Nazi who's immortal. And the police officer's like, Wait, what are you talking about? Wait, what? what? And uh, so the police officer doesn't believe him. Mr. Weiss goes to this person, this Nazi's home, Mr. Olivier, as one does, and he's killed. Oh, what is he God. killed by? Okay. No one knows, because he he enters this curtained room. He's killed by something. I I, I don't know. I'm not gonna explain that part of the movie to you. <laughs> well, wait, wait, what? <laughs> You're just not gonna do it. And so, despite Mr. Weiss being killed in this weird curtain-off room in this Nazi's mansion, he's Lieutenant Stern. The next day, somehow learns 
that Mr. Weiss's final words were, look at the walls. And Lieutenant Stern is like, well, wait, he's out here. We found this dead body in the parking lot. There's no walls to look at. We're outdoors. <laughs> what? So, like, this is going to be a major mystery throughout major the entire mystery. film. Major Major mystery. So, okay, so... so Back to James. Back to James. Because we got multiple like main plot lines throughout this movie. Yeah, James course, is promoting his book, God is Dead. Uh-oh. 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 But didn't his wife ask if God was real? Like, I feel did like, she get an answer? Yes. I feel, like she did not bi- get... I feel like that is a big stumbling block in the marriage. This, this is the big central... <laughs> this is the big... <laughs> I feel like they should really agree with something yeah, like that. That's usually like one of the first questions. You ask yeah. To, to make sure you're compatible for marriage. Yeah. Just, you gotta get like that foundation of beliefs down first. Yeah. So here's the thing. There's two people that watch Mr. James. <laughs> and they're like, uh, okay, so there's Mr. Olivier, the Nazi, who's like, oh, this guy... Is doing our work for us because we're not only Nazis, we're devil worshippers. Oh, and so this man is doing our job. Is it a Nazi zombie? By leading people, he's not a zombie. There's no zombies in this movie. Sorry to say. <laughs> David's finger dabbing. But everyone. he's he's doing our job by leading people away from God. Oh. <laughs> yes. Is he our? Is this guy? Is is this guy our protagonist or our antagonist? I ask you that, listener. I asked you that. But we'll find out. I don't so, know. I, I'm, I'm but the There's also this guy called Papini. <laughs> Papini. And he's a priest. And he's looking that. He, he's understanding that there's devil worship going on. So he starts stalking James. And he's like, Mr. James. Mr. James. You know, uh, you know you're, you're working for Satan. Because you're, 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 you're leading people away from God. You know? So, so you may not realize it, but you're doing the devil's work. Oh no! You're helping the Nazis. Oh no! Are they associating the devil with the Nazis? They, they are. Well, they are I the... think I'd, I'd get on that same level with them. <laughs> I think the Nazis are pretty, pretty. Um, trying to find a good word to use. A uh, bad. So here's the thing. We go now. We go. We go to this disco club because it's an '80s movie, and this disco club is in fact run. Nazis. By the Nazi devil worshippers. Because, you know, this it's disco. So, you know, who else is going to be running it? Disco makes your hips move. And when your hips move, the devil's out. So, uh, we're introduced to Jim, who is Claire's cousin. Now, don't, Jim? Don't, don't worry if you can't keep track of this. Because both of them, both Jim and his girlfriend we're introduced to, will be pretty much dead and gone from this movie in like ten minutes. So, good. We're introduced to Jim. His girlfriend is abducted by Mr. Olivier. Aliens? And then they take her back. They basically... They... they, they, You know, they... I'm a bit too drunk to handle this part delicately. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not even going to try. But I think you can guess what they do with this woman they drugged when they take her back. Yes, yes. Yes. I forget everything about this because I did read this when it came out, but I don't remember. And, but that's really sad. Why would they do that to her? <laughs> and so then they they, and then so uh, Lieutenant Stern goes to uh, investigate this at Mr. Olivier's <laughs> house. <laughs> really sad, man. And he's like, "Hey, uh, we have a problem here because you kind of like dumped this uh, traumatized, screaming, brutalized girl in the parking lot." And we uh, kind of have a problem here. And they were like, nah, we didn't do that. No, no. instead they were like, nah, 
she was a consenting adult. Forgetting the fact that uh, she uh, did not consent to the fact that this man had hooves for feet. No! And was a spawn of Satan. Are you kidding? <laughs> so why? Is he, so if he's a spawn of Satan and he's being interviewed, like... By the police, yeah. Did they see it? No, the police did not see this. Oh, no! <laughs> so Jim, trying to get revenge for his girlfriend, goes into Mr. LeVay's mansion. He dies. Same, no. same way the Jewish man from the beginning does. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. With no explanation. There's just some random thing. Who did that bad thing? Who, who did what bad thing? A lot of people. The bad thing to the girl. Was it James? Are we not paying attention? I'm trying to. Uh, there's a lot of names. James did that? Because I don't feel bad if he died. No, no. The de- the Nazi devil worshippers okay, did the bad thing care. to the girl. I'm sad. I'm sad. This, sad. Was, this was Jim's girlfriend that it's this happened to. It's the spawn of Satan. Get it right. So then Claire goes to see... See, this plot is all over the place, and I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to explain this best to you. I can't, but... But Claire goes to see Papini again. She, well, she doesn't know it's Papini. She goes to a confessional booth. And she's like, I'm beginning to feel that there's demons around. Dude. And then Papini oh, is y'all. like, Yes! There is a demon on the loose! No! <laughs> you should kill him! <laughs> and she doesn't know who's in this confessional booth with her. But he's just like, You should kill this dude that you think is a Nazi devil worshiper. <laughs> So Dude, I think she should. But then Claire's like, you know what? I need a second opinion. So she goes to see this Doctor. African oh. shaman. Shaman. So she hits up the confessional. So technically she, the priest. She hits she up the priest, and then she goes to this random so, so African what, shaman. So what would be the third who's in the, the trifecta? There, but like, what would be the third though? There's already no correlation though, because it it's would like be a guru. It it, would be a guru. It's a completely different set of religious beliefs, exactly. and she's just like, what's going on? What's going on here? <laughs> And the shaman is just... Bad. So here's the thing. Oh. The, the shaman tells her a lot of stuff. She, he talks her, to her a lot about good and evil. And he says, it's the motive behind the act that determines whether it's good or not. For example, killing an innocent baby is evil. But killing Hitler is good. As a baby? Now here's the thing. As you may know, and that this movie does not know... Is that Hitler committed suicide? No! So I <laughs> I wanna know when he says that killing Hitler was a good act, does that mean Hitler is now a good person? Because he killed Hitler? Do you do you wanna elaborate on this mystical shaman? Do you do you wanna tell us I would, more? I would let me listen. Let me listen to this. I would love if he now uh, elaborated on this. How long has this been going? <laughs> it's, okay. about, it's about to be wrapped up, I think. Yeah, I think we're almost done. Oh, well, we have we have a bit. Okay. I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Let's it's, just we're, not, we're not that late. It's, speed it's it up. less than an hour 20 at this okay, point. Okay, we're good. We're fine. I'm going as fast as we can, but there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, we have this thing where James is promoting his book. He's just like, you know, if the Christian God is dead... Then all other gods are dead. What? Religion is dead. No, man. And One people, of them has to be People right. are watching this on TV. And they're like, the devil worships are on TV. And they're like, this guy, he's doing our good work for us. He's leading people <laughs> away from God. Wait, wait, wait. The the leaders of religion are saying that? The devil worshippers. The devil worshippers. And so, okay, so here's the thing. In my review, I, I just want to read this part from my blog post. Okay, okay. 
Because what I said was, he he goes into this whole rant about how if the if they can disprove that Jesus had no historical basis, then they can prove that all religions are false. And I was like, um, no, the, none of this logic tracks. And so, I want to read this to you guys because I'm actually quite proud of this line. The way I describe this film is I said this film has the logical sense of a presidential debate where Donald Trump would debate against Donald Trump. That is the level of logic on display in this film. And I mentioned that that is probably the meanest thing I've ever said in my life. It's up there. But I mean that about this film. So, uh... So, uh, you, you guys might want to come back for this part, because this is a big part. I'm, I'm listening. James goes to Mr. Olivier's house. He invites him over, because he's like, you're doing our work for us. I want to talk to you. So, James goes to Mr. Olivier's house, and he's like, he's waiting there. All of a sudden, he finds a gun on the table. What? And Who's... then, he, the lights turn out, and he's suddenly stalked. Ghosts. By Ghosts. two Native Americans. Two Native Americans. Native Americans? Nice. Yes, Native Americans. Okay. With, you know, the, 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 the cliche, you know, oh, like no. the, the Mohawk and the Tomahawks Ooh. and uh, all that stuff. Yes. And he's stalked by them. They try to kill him. He shoots them dead. Then he wakes up. It's all a dream. Oh, I hate dream plots. It's, it's, not, it's not a scene. It's not a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a scene. It certainly is. I think we can all decide. Then, not a scene. Then, but James wakes up. Mr. Olivier is like, you're helping the devil. And, Ms. and James is like, no, I don't even believe in God. And then Mr. Olivier is like, if you're, if you're not with God, then you're with us. And then Ms. and James is killed. Why is he killed? I, I don't know. Wait, I thought James died earlier. No, Jim died earlier. Jim Those are the James. same names. I just want to point out to everyone. Jim and James are the same name. So we have this thing. Papini like, tries to investigate this whole thing. He's killed. Then we have this thing. Okay. So here's the two major things that I want to get to. These, these are the two things I want to leave you with. The two wrapped up plot points, the two things I want to leave you with, gotcha. and then we can move on. Okay. So, you remember Lieutenant Stern, vaguely, probably. The Jewish man in, yes. in, invo- invoked himself to uh, investigate this immortal Nazi. Yeah. And you remember that uh, this Jewish man's final words were, look at the walls. Mm-hmm. Now, Lieutenant Stern is looking at the walls in the apartment. Yes. And all of a sudden it comes to him. He's like... Wait a second. The Nazi that's in these pictures is the same Nazi as Mr. Olivier. Now, you may also remember that that is exactly what the Jewish man pointed out to him an hour and a half ago, and he didn't believe him. There is no newfound <laughs> evidence in this mystery. It is exactly what was pointed out to him an hour and a half ago. But suddenly, this is a big revelation for this detective. <laughs> is it because he's dead? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this movie is the textbook <laughs> definition of a waste of time. They spent an hour and a half running around this plot <laughs> when the answer was exactly the scene they started with. So Lieutenant Stern goes to investigate Mr. Olivier with his partner. They're both killed. Car explosion. Oh no, car explosion. Car explosion. The end. But one more thing. One more. 
Claire. You gotta have that, 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 that. that so now Claire thing. is convinced, now that James has died, Claire is convinced that Mr. Olivier is a devil, not, Worship. devil worshipping Nazi. So she's like, I gotta kill this guy now. Yeah, I would too. So she finds him in the park somewhere. And then she's like, she runs him over with her car. <laughs> and knocks him unconscious. And then knocking him unconscious breaks Jim's girlfriend free of his spell. Because Jim's girlfriend was still under Wait, his well, spell. Wait, died. No, so. she, was, she, was, she was dumped off in the parking lot. But oh, she was right, still right, under right, his right. spell. And, but now she's free. And she's like, and Clara's like, I finally know how to kill this devil-worshipping Nazi. So she takes him to an operating room because she's a doctor. And she starts cutting him open and taking out his organs. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would probably kill anyone. But she takes yeah. out one organ. She puts it in the microwave. There's a microwave there. There's, she puts it in the microwave. In the operating room? In, in the operating room, there's a microwave. Dude, dude what, what if you're a doctor, you're trying to do an operation, angel hair pasta's falling out everywhere, and you're like, I would really like a hot pocket right about now. I mean, I'd eat the angel hair pasta. <laughs> but, but I mean, like the nerves. The nerves are the angel. Remember from Lost? She's like, I, he's like, I cut up open her nervous sack, so and all the nerves came falling out like angel hair pasta. Finish strong. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, so she's microwaving this organ, and suddenly her assistant, Jim's girlfriend, uh, Mr. Olivier, leaps up from out of the operating table, no, and kills Jim's girlfriend, and then he kills Claire. Before she can microwave his organs. And then he walks out of the operating room. Organs and the movie hand? ends. Or, wait, organs in hand? No, the movie does not now, end now, there. now, this is the thing. You may remember throughout this, this my uh, talking about this plot that the central conflict of this movie was between God and the devil. And this was basically, you know, a God's Not Doubt ev- evangelical Christian film where we have to be wary of the devil in all aspects of life. In, in the disco especially, clubs. Especially in, in, in the Nazis. In, in the Nazis. In the disco clubs. As we all know, a lot of people in, who in like atheism, that are Nazis. Atheism is just devil worship in disguise. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Now, God's not dead. They end. He's surely alive. The, 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 the college student emerges victorious over the terrible atheist professor. I assume I haven't seen the movie. But <laughs> no, I, no, but no. He, I'm not going to waste my time. He, he emerges victorious. This movie is doing the same central conflict. The whole thing they're building up, God huh. versus the devil. You yeah. gotta be aware of the devil. Got it. Gotta be on the side of the God. Got it. The movie ends with the devil winning. <laughs> well, dude. <laughs> well, dude. Well, dude. Come on. Here's the, the only explanation I have for this film is that, as I mentioned, there's three directors. The only explanation I have is that one was an atheist, two were Christian. And somehow the atheist wrangled control of the ending for these other two. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to leave you guys with the devil winning. What do you think about that? All all the Christians are killed. All the atheists are killed. Only the Nazi devil worshippers survive. Maybe he was a Nazi. Do you think he was alt-right? He he might have been a Nazi. Because he was probably, as I said, he was probably atheist. Yeah. And as we all know now, all atheists are devil worshippers. And Nazis. (laughs) Yep. That's, that's but also, <laughs> those are the people who are going to win at the end. So because the, the Christians cannot microwave the organs in time, and the police officers cannot figure out that the, the person that in the, the picture, the toaster oven probably work. <laughs> <laughs> the police officers cannot figure out that the man pointed out to them is the same man they were looking for the whole time. Man, they're so dumb. until an hour and a half later, so with dumb. no new evidence. 
they find out it's the same thing. Guys. So, yeah. Nightmare Never Ends, also known as Cataclysm, in case you're trying to look this up for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't. Don't. It's probably available for free. I, I watched it on Amazon Prime, so uh, check it out there. Why? But uh, this is in contention for the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life. And that is why it's Bad Movie of the Week this What week. year did this come out? 80s? N- 1980, I believe. Classic. Guys, let's move on. To the final segment. To the final segment, The Fault in Your Stars. Oh, okay. I didn't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. This is, of course, where we find, go on uh, Flickster. <laughs> we find a good movie or a good review for a bad movie, a bad review for a good movie. We read it. What, uh, we take out all the spoilery bits. And then we uh, try to let the other two guess what movie it is. Now, guys, this week I have the review. I've got a couple good ones for you. Dan and I will get it. No big deal. <laughs> We'll see. Guys, here we are. I have some reviews. This is a five-star review. Meaning this is a bad movie. Yes. This book is so incredible. This is a book or a film? This is a film. It's a film based on a book. We just figured that out. So much philosophy. That's a sentence someone wrote. Oh, it's going to be Angels and Demons. (laughs) After losing my brother and dealing with... Angels and Demons got good reviews. No, More didn't. or less. No, it didn't. didn't it? <laughs> no, I got a really bad review. No. After losing my brother and dealing with struggles of my children's serious health issues, I had pretty much lost all hope and faith. My friends encouraged me to read this book, and it changed my life! Oh, the shack. It made my revisit myself and the emotions I felt, and it changed me for the better. I recommend it and even buy it for some of who are having difficult struggles in life. Best book ever. Highly recommend. I can't wait to take my mom and daughter to see it. So excited. I think you're right. I have some more if you'd like to hear them. Well, can we guess it and see if we can get it off the first one? Sure. Go for it. Is it The Shack? Is that a final answer? Yes. Yeah, it's The Shack. <laughs> um, good, no, it, don't read us in a Because I actually read the book, and the book was a good book, which... Have you seen the movie yet? No. <laughs> do you want to see the movie? I mean, <laughs> do you even want to? I mean, I didn't see it. I never saw any trailers for the movie, so... Yes, I want to see the movie to see how it compares, but I hear it got awful reviews and we make fun of it, so... It did get awful reviews, and that is why it is in this segment. Four and a half stars. Read the book and loved it. Brought me closer to Jesus, amen! The last two are in capital letters. (laughs) That's why you screamed it, yes. Best movie I've ever seen, ever. I loved it so much. Amazing story, great acting, beautiful scenery. I followed the book storyline closely. It's a beautiful story about how a man in grieving despair who blamed God for his heartache discovers God, love him, and has never left, even in pain. By getting to know and learning to trust, God is able to find forgiveness and deep healing in own life. This movie is not about religion at all. It's about finding healing, wholeness, joy, freedom through relationship through God. Now, I would argue that anything dealing with God deals with religion. But, whatever. Man. You see those people with the I love Jesus Christ but not religion t-shirts? Live your it's truth, man. Movement. Live your truth. With that, guys, this has been another episode. A Guys, very successful episode. Hopefully you enjoyed Possibly this. Possibly the best successful. Be- I have the best words. I have all the words, all the best words. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. This has been episode 57 of Reboot Already Underway. If you want don't, to find us around the internet. Don't do it, Lazy. Don't, don't do it.
You can find us, uh, this is a little bit of a sexy song. It, it has sex in the title. Um, guys, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find Aaron at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Uh, this clever blog name is already taken at Tumblr.com. You, you could have played sexy and I know it. I already did that one. Indeed. And, of course, David, you can find him at DBEX15. Send him your coolest fidget spinner tricks. And no, be sure to include a fedora while you do it. Um, and, guys, if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jake Lace on... Uh, Jake, Jake underscore Jake Lace underscore on Twitter. Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. Jake Lace on Tumblr. No, that's loud. And then <laughs> you can also... I really hurt my fist. Um, you can also do Jake Lace on Letterboxd if you want to find me there. Um, guys... Thank you for listening. This has been a great episode. Be sure to join us next week when we talk about the bye-bye. Bye-bye, man, man, everybody. And goodbye-bye. Hey. everybody and welcome to episode 57 of reboot already underway maybe <laughs> you are <laughs> i'm gonna redo that, redo that. <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to episode 57 of reboot already underway <laughs> Oh, this is, all right, Mark me in. I'm gonna get this. All right. <laughs>